I love the Lord. Amen. 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 I want to, uh, first of all, give honor to God and Pastor Goodluck, Pastor Angela, all the pastors here, church leaders, and all the saints at the Ark Fellowship here in Cyprus. God bless you and uh, thank you all for allowing me to preach today. Me and Cheryl are honored to be here. And we have three members from our church in Calvary here today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they, came, they came down to worship God with us today. And so we're going to have a good time in the Lord. I believe God's going to speak to us in a mighty way. And he's going to be glorified. Amen. Uh, let's begin with a scripture reading. It's found in, it's not, it's not in, y- in y'all's notes, so don't worry about it. It's in Hebrews uh, chapter 1. I'm going to read it. And the Bible says in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, hallelujah, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Father God, we do thank you this morning for the sinless blood of the Son of God. One who is seated at your right hand today, whom we worship this morning. The Lamb of God, ruling, reigning monarch of eternity. We see you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, we do. We see you with eyes of faith this morning, and we worship you today. We bow down, even if we had already bowed down. We stay bowed down. We live lives subservient to you at the foot of your throne. We ask the Holy Spirit today, give us divine light that we might see even more. That we might glorify him through the visions and the revelations that you provide. Have your way today. Be made manifest. Glorify Jesus. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. He is Lord. Amen. He is good. Amen. He is holy. He is risen. Hallelujah. He's our portion. We need to see him that way. He's your portion today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing today, he is your portion. Begin to worship him in spirit and in truth and watch him move. Watch him bring you out. Watch him raise you up. Hallelujah. That's our portion. That's what we believe and that's what we will receive by faith. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give God a hand praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, um, I'm going to be doing a part two on what I taught on uh, a couple of weeks ago, the necessity of living water. A part two to this. And um, I wasn't able to really finish last time because I didn't have enough time, but I'm going to see how far the Holy Ghost takes us today. And uh, where this message originated was, and I don't have this in my notes, but you don't have to turn there. It's in Romans 11. 
when God uh, was dealing with Israel, he wanted them, well, he wanted the church to make Israel jealous. Y'all remember that? He wanted them to make Israel jealous of their relationship with God. And uh, the Bible says he wanted to, to provoke them to jealousy. That's a good jealousy, amen? It was initiated by God. Well, as I began to study the Word of God, I became envious of some things in a good way, amen? I became envious of the worship that went on in the heavenly places in the throne room of God. I began to see in the Word of God that there were living creatures surrounding the throne of God. And these living creatures would begin to worship God on an endless basis. The Bible says that they would worship God continually day and night, day and night, day and night. These creatures, the Bible says, strange-looking creatures. We probably look strange to them, but strange-looking creatures. They had eyes all over their body. And they could see everything all the time that was going on in the presence of God. And I began to get envious of that. I began to say, God, I would love to worship you that way with that type of divine energy. And I asked God, I said, God, how are they able to worship you continuously like that? I'm envious, right? And God says, son, the reason that they're able to do that is because they're caught up in the glory. They're caught up in the very glory of God. There's no chance for them to see anything other than God in the glory. Then God began to tell me, he says, son, you don't need to be envious of them. All you need to begin is to begin to join in with them because you've been raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have the same perpetual ability to worship me in spirit and in truth if you'll only believe. So he began to tell me that this is our portion. But it's only achieved or experienced by way of the Holy Ghost, by way of the drinking of living water on a moment-by-moment basis. Hallelujah. This is our portion. This is what we can experience in the Spirit if we'll only believe and only trust in what the Word of God says and yield to the Holy Spirit. This is our portion. And so this is what has led me to go on and teach on this, uh, this teaching, the necessity of living water. Now, I want to go now to what I call our two foundational texts. Our two foundational texts. The first one is found in the book of Zechariah. These are foundational, in my understanding, has what's needed to experience this glorious worship of our God. Zechariah says, chapter 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, 
saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So God told us last time that we, that we met that there's no way that we can experience these things except by, by the spirit of God. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own ingenuity. There's nothing that I can produce that can produce this kind of glory. It is a dependency, a moment-by-moment dependency upon the Holy Spirit that causes us to experience this blessing or this place in Christ that has already been afforded us by his death, burial, and resurrection. These are things that God expects us to experience as we begin to Yield to him and surrender to what he says concerning our position in Christ. Again, he told me, son, you've been raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places. That's your position even as you are bound in this mortal body. You can experience this if you'll only trust in the word of God. Then I was brought to Psalms chapter 51. Let's go there right quick. Psalms chapter 51. And we use this also as a speaking point. Verse 11. King David said this. And King David, we found out last time, was a passionate worshiper. He worshiped God as much as he could. As much as he had access to. He was an Old Testament or Old Covenant worshiper. And all what he had was good, but he didn't have what we have, which is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God would come upon him, but he was not dwelling on the inside of him. Yet he worshiped God, and he yearned to worship God in the Spirit. And he says something very interesting here at a point of his life when he had fallen into sin. He said this to God. He says, cast me not away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So David recognized the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his life. And that's what God wants us to begin to do today and going forward. He wants us to understand the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and I like to use that phrase again, on a moment-by-moment basis. It's a continual drinking of the rivers of living water that have been provided to us by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says in the 14th chapter of John, let's go there, John chapter 14. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. God is good. When he reveals himself to us by way of his word, we need to worship him and thank him. Because he's trying to take us to new levels of blessing. John 14, verse 16. Jesus talking. He says, and I will pray the Father. How many of y'all know Jesus is our great high priest? He ever lives to make intercession for us. That's something we need to get a hold to. In that throne room, we have a high priest who is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And he's always making intercession for us. 
And this is one of the things that he intercedes to the Father for us. He shall give unto you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Somebody say forever. Forever means exactly that. It means forever. So the moment you got born again, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came to live at your side forever. He's there for you. He's there to comfort you. He's also there to guide you into divine revelation concerning the things that belong to Jesus, which also belong to you. That's good news right there. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. I'm a joint heir with him, the Bible says. Hallelujah. I mean, I could stop preaching there and that'd be good. Join heirs with him. Hallelujah. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to, to, belongs to us in Christ Jesus. So Jesus said that he may abide with you forever. And I wrote this down. The ministry of the Holy Ghost is an eternal gift without which we are powerless to do anything that brings glory to God. Somebody needs to write that down. I'm going to read it again. The ministry of the Holy Ghost is an eternal gift without which we are powerless to do anything that brings glory to God. How many of y'all know we need the Holy Ghost? We have to have him. If we're to experience the things that God wants us to experience by way of worship of him. Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 15. Turn over. And verse 4. Jesus says here, Abide in me, and I in you. This, is, this speaks of the oneness that we have with Christ. The eternal oneness that we have with Christ right now has a result of of his death, burial, and resurrection. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. Now, without the influence of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, it is impossible for me to consistently abide. I got I to I understand that. Without the influence and assistance of, and enablement of the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for me to consistently abide. abide. Abiding in Christ doesn't come naturally. It comes supernaturally. It comes from the spirit realm into the natural realm which affects our lives. So everything that we receive from God, it, it comes down from the Father of lights, the good gifts that come down from him. But they come from the spirit realm. And abiding in Christ is a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Ghost. So I can't live a life of divine obedience without the Holy Ghost. People struggle sometimes in the flesh, dealing with the flesh, 
And the reason that we struggle is because we're trying to do it in our own strength. But when I begin to recognize that I need the power of the Holy Ghost to live this Christian life, I begin to depend on him and surrender to him in my weakness. I need somebody to believe this this morning. This this is what's needed. A continual drinking of the river of living water, the reservoir that he has provided. That's our portion, but we got to know it, receive it, trust in it, and walk in it. Hallelujah. Now, Paul faced that common problem of living the abiding life. He did. He, 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 he faced that, that same problem that you and I face. How to live this abiding life. How to stay connected to the vine. Jesus said, without him I can't live this life. I need to, this branch needs to stay connected to the vine. But how do I do that? He says here in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, verse 18. Paul says, and I can hear Paul struggling. He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? In my flesh, I know dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Paul's frustrated. How many of y'all ever been frustrated like that? I want to do right, but I can't find myself doing right. I I always mess up. I'm I'm walking in this thing good, but somewhere along the line, I always stumble. I want to do good. I want to glorify God. I want to be a good Christian. But I mess up from time to time. I slip. Hallelujah. Paul experienced that. So there's hope in Christ. Amen? Amen. If if the great apostle Paul experienced this, there's hope in Christ for all of us. Hallelujah. So the Bible says in verse 24, Paul's still talking because he's a little bit down on himself at this point. I mean, how many of y'all ever been down on yourself? Paul's there. He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? (laughs) He says, who's going to help me? I got nothing out here in the natural that can help me. I can't help myself. Who's going to help me? God's told me, be holy as he is holy. Only way I can be holy, I can't do it in myself. Who's going to help me be holy? Hallelujah. Then Paul says in verse 25, he gets the revelation. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for divine revelation. He's bringing revelation to somebody today. On how to live the crucified life. Hallelujah. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he gets the revelation. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. It's the Holy Ghost that enables me to remain in the vine. Who gives power to the sanctified will that God gave to me. I'm going to read that again. It's the Holy Ghost that enables me to remain in the vine. The branch, for for whatever reason, we like to become separate from the vine. But it's the power of the Holy Ghost that enables me to remain in the vine. He gives power to the sanctified will that God gave to me. 
See, you want to do good. You want to do right. You want to live sanctified. But it's the power of the Holy Ghost that gives power to that sanctified will that God has given you. God gives you His power into your will. Does that make sense? It takes the Holy Ghost. That's what He's trying to get us to see. It takes the Holy Ghost. A moment by moment dependency upon Him. The Holy Ghost fills my will with His divine might. Somebody needs to hear that. The Holy Ghost fills my will with His divine might. Paul knew how to pray that, or Paul knew how to stay connected to the vine. And I'm going to tell you how he did it. He did it through a prayer life. He did it through a prayer life. A knowledge of the Word, because you can't have a real strong prayer life without a knowledge of the Word. You have to know the Word in order to pray correctly. You have to know the Word in order to know what belongs to you so that you can pray the will of God into your life. And that's what Paul did. Paul understood that, and he got connected by God's grace. Somebody say it's by grace. grace. all, All of this is by grace. We don't deserve any of this. We get it by grace because God is a good God. But Paul began to pray along those lines. The third chapter of Ephesians, verse 14. <clears throat> Give me a drink of water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he reverences God right there. He he comes to God in divine humility. He he he's in a position of submission. Amen. Because he wants from God that which he cannot do without. So he submits himself to God. I bow my knees to the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to pray, to whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. Glory to God. That's good, man. I like that. Who the whole family of heaven and earth is named. And this is what he prayed. This is what he wants. This is his petition at the throne of God. That he would grant unto the church. He's already prayed this for himself. He saw that it worked for him. That he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory. That place of glory. That place where those living creatures are. That he will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by what? By his spirit in the inner man. By his spirit. So it's the spirit of God that gives us the enablement to live the Christian life or to do anything in the kingdom for his glory. I can't pray right without the Holy Ghost. I can't believe right without the Holy Ghost. And I sure can't live right without the Holy Ghost. I need the power of God. You need the power of God. We all need the power of God. 
2 Corinthians. 12. Give me a minute to get there. Glory to God. Verse 9. Paul writes him this conversation that he had with God. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you. My grace, my unmerited favor is sufficient for you. So God lets him know that you have all that you'll ever need. There's nothing that you'll face in life that you won't have the ability to overcome because my grace is made available to you. How many of y'all know the Bible says that God's grace abounds toward us, always abounding toward us, the favor of God. Everything that we need to experience the throne room life has already been given to us in Christ. But then Paul said, God tells him, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities or in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Most gladly, I'll glory in my weaknesses, Paul says. And this is why he, why he said that. Because on the other side of my weakness, is the enablement of the Holy Ghost. The other side of my weakness, the weakness in my flesh, is the enablement or the enabling power of the Holy Ghost. And the powers of the worlds to come are mine because of that. So because I have the power of the Holy Ghost, I can overcome anything in this life created to come against me, to cause me to stumble. I can come against any principality. I can overcome them in Christ, not because I got the power, because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. It comes in surrender by saying this, I am weak, but he is strong. That's where it comes. By a recognition that I got some infirmity going on, but I got the power of the Holy Ghost to enable me to overcome any infirmity or any weakness that may present itself. This is the Christian life. This is our portion. When we begin to understand that God has not left us defenseless or weakness or weak, He's left us with the mighty power of God Himself. The deity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are on my side. Hallelujah. On a moment, by moment basis. Hallelujah. I like that. He's there for me all the time, 24 hours a day. When I'm in my valley, he's there. When I'm on the mountaintop, he's there. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. I got a power to overcome all that. 
because God has not left me defenseless. He's given me his strength. But I have to come. I have to come to him. I have to surrender to him. He, he's not going to make me do that. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta humble myself and recognize that I can't do it on my own. John chapter 4. Let's go there. Help me, Holy Spirit. Y'all are familiar with this story or this account. Jesus at, with the woman at the well. This is a classic example of the grace of God coming to somebody who does not deserve the grace of God. Just like you and I. <laughs> we don't deserve the grace of God, but we get it. He encounters this Samaritan woman at the well. The Bible says in verse 5, Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat there on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was noon. Verse 7 says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me the drink. So, Jesus encounters this lady who we find out has a rather checkered past. But how many of y'all know Jesus enjoys encountering people like that? He encountered me. <laughs> I had a checkered past. Amen. Y'all don't want to know <laughs> about my past. I ain't never gave my testimony. I don't know if I should. But uh, I'm just saying he does not, he's not intimidated by your past. But he does something very interesting for this lady. He, he's about to give her something she could, she could never earn on her, on her own. He's about to give her a prophet's reward. He offers her he, an opportunity for her to give him a drink. And when you give a, the drink to a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Yeah. <laughs> She's outside of the covenant, but she qualifies for the blessing because she has under, Jesus has offered her the opportunity to, to experience God even though she's unworthy. And <laughs> somebody like that. <laughs> even though she's unworthy, that's good. That's true. That's all of us, amen? I said that's all of us, amen? Outside of the blood, none of us deserve these things. But the Bible goes on to say, Conversation continues in verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, so he, he, he perceives she does not know about the gift. And who it is that saith unto thee, Give me the drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. <laughs> living water. Water that's alive. She's talking about dead things. Jesus is talking about the living water. And the reason I know she's thinking about dead things is what she says in verse 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? God wants us in the supernatural. 
But she it wants and understands only the natural. God wants us to experience the secret place. He that dwells in the, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, the Bible says, of the Almighty. God draws us to the secret place when we recognize our weakness without Him. We readily come to the secret place because it's a place of desperation, really. Because we recognize that without the secret place and the one who dwells in the secret place, I can't live this life. I'm a broken man living in a broken world. I can't live this life without an abiding relationship with the almighty creator in that secret place. I recognize that I need to drink from the water that he provides. He says, whoever drinks of this natural water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. Hallelujah. Spring it up into everlasting life. I got it. You got it. You feel with the Holy Ghost. You got everything you need. Don't you believe the lie of the devil that tells you don't have it? You have it. God just, we just have to ask God to teach us how to drink. <laughs> That's the problem. We got it, but we don't know how to drink. I ran into that, man. I know all the Christian lingo. I know how to dance. But how many of y'all know we can be faking? Because we don't know how to drink. We got it, but we don't know how to use it. The Lamb of God is merciful. Thank God he's merciful. I wouldn't be standing up here right now if he was not merciful. His grace is indeed sufficient. When we come to him in humility, with all our imperfections, he begins to minister to us as only the Holy Spirit can. And he begins to teach us how to drink how to drink from the rivers of living water provided by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not just words on a piece of paper anymore. It's now a reality. When you get along with him, notice what I said, when you get along with him, there has to be a solitude place for God to give you this Holy Ghost exchange. For God to begin to crown you with the blessings of the spirit realm, I have to avail myself to him as a little child. Got to be like Solomon. Talked about him last time. Solomon said, Lord, you gave me this great assignment. I'm like a little child. I don't know how to go out, and I don't know how to come in. I can't do it. I don't know... What I need to do. I don't know the first step in holiness. Teach me. Teach me how to drink. Teach me how to be dependent upon you. Teach me how not to be proud. Teach me how to, not to be ill-tempered and impatient. Teach me how to drink 
from your river. It's an endless river. It's an eternal river. But I don't know the first place and how to approach it. Help me, Jesus. He likes that. He likes it when you come to him like that. You let him know that you don't know. A lot of times we come to God like we, know, we don't know nothing. We know nothing. The light that he gives us, we embrace and we thank him for it. But it's only because of his mercy and grace that we receive anything. So this is the secret place. So Jesus tells the woman, you know, don't drink from this natural water. Don't thirst for that anymore. Thirst from the water that I can give you and only I can give you. I'm going to say that again. Only God can give you. It's important that we remember that. Only God can give me this. Only God can give me peace. Only God can give me guidance. Thank God for friends and all that. But I have to depend on God. He wants me to depend on him only. Now in closing couple of scriptures I want to go to. And they're found in the book of Revelation. Revelation, first of all, in chapter 21. Verse 6. Jesus told, I believe it was John the Revelator, He said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will, thank God he's willing, amen. I will give to him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. I like that. I don't have to qualify for it. All I have to do is believe. And then he says, I'll let let you drink freely. You don't have to worry about the next day. You can come back for some more. Then he says here in chapter 22, verse 1, and he showed me a pure river of water of life. Thank God it's life-giving, amen? amen. It's life-sustaining, amen? amen? You know, the Holy Ghost, you can have an experience with him, and most of us have. He can birth something in you, and that's important. He has to be the one that births it in you. It's the Spirit of God that does it. But a lot of times, when something is birthed in us, we think we got it now, right? I got it. I got it. I got it. I got the power of God. I've had an encounter with God. But we have to always remember the Holy Ghost birthed these things in us, but he's the one that also maintains it. Hallelujah. I got to come on. I got to keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. (laughs) Oh, that's important. Because if you say, I got it, and never go back for more, something that's freely given, 
You miss out. I miss out. But God says, I'm, I'm going to give it to you freely. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 17 and I'll close there. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that hear it say, come. And let him that of the thirst come. And whosoever will, let them take the water of life freely. That's an offer from the power, powerful Holy Spirit to those people who have not been born again. Those who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's offering you the drink of the ages. Freely. Something you cannot earn, but you qualify for only through faith in Jesus Christ. So if that's you today, if you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Holy Ghost is saying to you today, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll give you the drink of the ages. Hallelujah. You'll glorify me in your earthly life and throughout the eons of eternity as you put faith in Christ. Stand to your feet this morning. Give him praise this morning. I say he's worthy. I say he's worthy. His blood was shed. He's been resurrected in power and authority. Hallelujah. And he lives on the inside of you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit today who has conveyed your willingness, Lord, to give us a heavenly drink on a moment-by-moment basis. Pray today, God, that we would come to you, that our prayer lives, oh God, because of what we've heard, would now be energized into new levels of blessing, bringing honor and praise unto the Lamb as we depend upon him and his divine power that proceeds from your throne. We say to you, Heavenly Father, to you be all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor, throughout all the eons of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Fruitfulness and prosperity, that's your portion as you go, amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed.